Hello, and welcome to the Bibble Babes, your podcast for analyzing the Barbie cinematic universe. I'm Gabby. And I'm Catherine. And we're your Bibble Babes. On today's episode, we are doing a little special episode here, of course, on the Barbie movie that has just come out and is currently in theaters. I lost my mind. I yeah, it. it was it was it was pretty glorious. It- I saw the first showing available at the theaters on opening night. It was like a matinee, but Hazak and I were there. It was so good. I I saw it the Friday it came out. So like not the you know how sometimes they do like a little Thursday moment. I got to see it on Thursday. You did the Thursday moment. Yeah, I got I did the Friday moment, and I brought my little cousin. And we got ourselves all dressed up. Like, I had this little light pink dress, and she had a little black dress. And I had, like, little princess crowns for us to wear. So it was, like, she called us, like, Odette and Odile from Barbie and Swan Lake. And when we went to the theaters, literally, I didn't expect it because I kind of, like, live in a little small area here. But people were decked out. Like, there was a woman in, like, a full-on pink cocktail dress, little white gloves on her hands, and pumps and the full-on blonde ponytail with bangs like people came for it and i was like it was oh glorious i love that so much so good so how, how do we do we want to like overview plot with spoilers all right kind of tackle it like we do our animated films how do we want to sink our claws into this one let's go with like just some brief spoiler-free thoughts and then we can go more in depth and have a spoiler warning okay those of you who haven't seen the movie you can click off after the brief overview we'll give a little warning we'll be like ah spoiler time but for now you're good now you're good Catherine, take it away what did you think spoiler free spoiler free it was i think about everything that i'd hoped it was going to be it was colorful it was fun it was all things barbie i mean god the amount of sheer barbie references in that film i mean of course of course it's going to be in the barbie film but uh, and on top of all of like just how fun and beautiful the film was it did like touch on barbie's cultural impact in the way that i like i thought it ought to and i thought it was going to and I was yeah, I was just blown away by just how like sometimes movies when they try to make deep commentary and then also still want to keep it lighthearted kind of do they fail where they just like you know have something really deep and then someone throws in like an ill-timed joke and it just kind of lands flat because it wasn't built right. None of this in this. Like it just it had jokes when it had jokes and when it was ready to be deep, it was ready to be deep. And sometimes those things merge together, but never in a way that took away from either side of that. Your thoughts, Gabby? I think it was amazing. It was a lot of fun, but it also had those deeper moments, which was great to see. I think it shocked a lot of people from the reactions that I've seen online because people weren't expecting it to be deep at all. I think the messages it presented were very well done given the constraints of the medium. I'll say that. Yeah. I think it balanced really well, both being a really enjoyable movie, but also having something to say, which is great to see. Let's see. What are some other spoiler-free thoughts? I also really appreciate that it was as short as it was, because I so did not want another three-hour dirge, you know? Yeah, I, I think sometimes when movies try to take themselves very seriously... They'll do it, but in a way where the writing doesn't allow for a short film. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of drags. I never really felt like this movie dragged. So I think that was like that was the big accomplishment. It hit deep points. It was fun. And it did it in the two-hour time frame without coming across as like disingenuous. Yes, I think it did it really, really well. And I think we have Greta Gerwig to thank for that. Also, it was a heck of a lot of fun. And the soundtrack is an absolute banger of an album. Banger, blast. So good. Love that. So fun. 
I'm upset. Anyone else think it's super funny that like Mattel got into that beef with Aqua when the first song like Barbie Girl came out or whatever, and then Mattel was like, no, nah, 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 and now they sampled her for the soundtrack. <laughs> Listen, so funny. She she's the OG Slay. <laughs> like Slay. Also, I. I was a little nervous about Ryan Gosling, but after seeing the movie, I think he was a good casting decision. Yeah, no, this the cast absolutely killed it. So good. Not a singular complaint from the cast. They no. all put their whole hearts, bodies, minds, everything into that film. And it was you could just tell honestly that I think they were having really like fun on the set. And yeah, it was just Margot Robbie, amazing as Barbie, Ryan Gosling. Not the Ken we thought we needed, but the Ken we we did need. <laughs> Literally, America yeah. Ferrera slayed, amazing, so good. The way I literally walked out of that theater, going, "Why do I know that woman's voice?" Looked her up and then realized she voices Astrid in the How to Train Your Dragon series. I was like, "Oh my, oh my god, god, I knew, I knew it! I knew, I knew it!" I feel like America Ferreira isn't talked about enough because she is a cultural icon and every time I see her, all I can think about is the sisterhood of traveling pants, which is, it's a good movie, okay? <laughs> well, I think that's like something with a, the Barbie movie too is just because, I mean, one, it's being pitted up against Oppenheimer, so you're going to draw like, I mean, there's overlap, but you are going to draw pretty different crowds there. And so like, there's been a lot of talk, like people just have this perception of the movie like they have their perceptions of it and i really think this movie does a good job of surprising people either you go in and you don't think it's going to be deep and you're pleasantly surprised or you go in like thinking it's going to be like you know actually like really deep commentary and it's more fun than you thought or like it's just it it does a really good job of like there's a reason why you know this film is doing so well and it's oh, not gosh. because i don't i mean the hype is part of it because like we said in our video about the marketing and trailers that's all been killer for it but part of the reason behind the movie success is also that it's just a genuinely really good film yeah i haven't seen this much hype for a movie since like the final part of harry potter or like Endgame or something like that or far yeah. from home or no sorry part of my no way home yeah yeah, like, it, I mean, we're talking big Marvel crossovers is the last time I've seen this kind of... I mean, that's when people dress up, right? Oh, yeah. To go to theaters is the big Marvel movies. Um, Star Wars. Yeah. Maybe I mean, we're talking big name franchises. Movies. So the fact that, like, Barbie just generated all of this hype for just a standalone film is actually kind of incredible. And I'm I will amazing. probably say, though, she might be a standalone live-action film, but I think she's definitely drawing on the barbie cinematic universe um so because I, I imagine i mean of course lots of people grew up with those films and so even without it doesn't i don't think this is a spoiler it doesn't really reference those films which i but, think kind of makes sense in the context of the world yeah. thing that they set up because those movies technically barbie is an actress portraying those roles so like within the world building of the barbie movie it's too meta it would be actress Barbie who would be in the Barbie movies, <laughs> which is like so many layers that they just didn't get into. But it's I think too meta. Okay. too meta. Yeah, so I'm like, I'm not mad at the decision at all. But yeah. I do. I mean, when I was saying that like a standalone film, they've generated all this hype. I mean, is it really standalone? Is it really? I mean, who's to say? Um, but yeah, I also think they did a really good job of balancing nostalgia with story. Like, there were definitely nostalgic moments that made callbacks to specific dolls and things people would remember from their childhood, but it wasn't, like, nostalgia baity, if you know what I mean, you know? Like, it didn't beat with it, and you didn't natural. have to have a crazy background in Barbie to understand the film, where yes. I think a lot of films do find themselves going south now, particularly if they're in huge franchises, you have to have all this background info. That's another thing that this film did really, really well, is you don't have to have Gabby-level Barbie knowledge to, to appreciate the film. You can, I mean, if you do, you get all these fun little extra tidbits, but you don't have to, to enjoy the film. My cousin had a Tanner the Pooping Dog. I literally, he came on screen and I was like, Gabby's told me about that. 
I was jealous. My mom wouldn't let me get him because she thought it was gross. And I mean, like, yeah, but I did have the pooping baby horse. So my cousin was like, t- like leaned over and was like, what? And I was like, yeah, the reason why it was discontinued is because you had to feed the poop back into it. <laughs> and she was like, yeah. What? Was like, and OK, I read up on it. And apparently children were swallowing the little poop Tic Tacs, which were mad. That makes sense. So the joking hazard too would, you know, get stuck in the kid such a but yeah all story. bad things all around but it was very very funny to see that come on screen love tanner <laughs> in his own special way mattel's got a lot of oh, mattel's got a lot of fun things to throw in there and throw in there they did okay so i guess i might have qualified as a spoiler but like it's okay should we he- head into spoiler territory i think it's time i think it's, it's time. time okay if you've not seen the film and you don't want spoilers it is time to sign off Go check out one of our other episodes. Come back later after you've seen it. Because we are going into spoiler territory. Okay. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Magic Aaron Kemp? Oh my- I was like, are they gonna do it? Are they gonna do it? And we got so far into the film, I was like, they're not gonna do it. They're not gonna do it. And then just- Ow. Wow, that was really loud. Magic Aaron Ken. Out of nowhere. Throwing up Skipper and- uh, sugar daddy can cuts. that one t- i cried i cried if i am recalling my lore correctly um that was supposed to be part of the happy family line in the early 2000s as sort of a grandfather figure i can't remember if he was supposed to be alan or midge's dad but one of them but he had a puppy named sugar hence sugar daddy and before he was released no one he got vetoed because everyone realized, oh no, he's a father with a dog named Sugar. He's a literal sugar daddy. Change the name of the dog? Like, I don't... What? Plus, I think at this point, the happy family line wasn't doing so hot after the controversy with Midge. Also, canonically, Alan is the father of Midge's baby. Let that I didn't know that. Yeah. 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 Love that he was in there, though. And I love that I, they played around with his little tagline. I love Alan in the movie. So great. Michael Sarah was a great choice in casting because he's just so awkward. <laughs> um, yes. Alan was hilarious and great. So good. <laughs> All right. We got to strip it, strip it back. Okay. So are we going for the plot? Yep. We're, we're in spoiler territory. Let's feel free to full send the thing and give our commentary on the plot. Okay, so we start off, our girly Barbie is living her best Barbie dream life, and then things start to go sideways. She gets flat feet. She panics. She has a cold shower. She She falls from her roof. She contemplates death. Yeah. Um, I also saw this thing where how when she's really happy at the very beginning, her color palette is all pink and that's her signature color. But then when she starts to experience more of the depression and questioning her own identity, all of her outfits switch to blue, which I think is a a fun little costuming nod. Inspired. Absolutely inspired. inspired. It's the fun little like things like that so that good. like aren't written into the plot really, but that just kind of like is done by the costuming department or... The costume you know, involved on the film, and they just—it's so fun to do little things like that. The costuming for this movie was phenomenal. I loved it so much. It was giving all of the Barbie vibes, just all of it, so good. And the set design, so good. And the practical effects. Okay, Christopher Nolan is not the only one out here of practical effects. The settings department drew heavily from like big band musicals of the 40s and 50s where they had like those beautiful painted sky backdrops um which i love so much i thought it was a great just it just set the vibe of like barbie land which is like amazing and beautiful and obviously fake yeah like i don't think people appreciate that usually i think when people go to the theaters they're expecting to see gorgeous cinematography that makes them like you know think they're really like looking out into the world or something like that but what makes this film so pretty and like interesting in terms of cinematography is how well they capture making that world look, look fake. Yes. I love the world building in part because they didn't feel the need to over explain themselves. Stuff just happens and they're like, yeah, 
that's how this works yes that was i think that's what helped keep the plot going yes and it wasn't them, like down. keep things light without bogging it down it's just yeah why explain yourself this is You're what's like, happening you don't have to explain yourself look, it's a magical freaking world like <laughs> it's like in a fantasy novel when they just like yeah this is normal don't worry about it so i think the world building was like an a plus are there plot holes i guess if you want to get nitpicky but like it's fun okay gosh darn it let roof handler be a ghost who has an office on the 17th floor okay literally like ghosts are real and barbies live in a magical land that can only be accessed via roller skating like yeah like yeah why question the ghosts if everything else is going to happen it doesn't have to make perfect sense for the story to work amen the emphasis of the story is not game of thrones level perfectly logical world building it is like even games of thrones isn't perfectly logical but yeah that's gotta be that's gotta be chock full of plot holes all stories are gonna be i mean the true stories are gonna be chock full of plot holes as people forget stuff and don't have the full context of everything that happened so like nothing to be held against this film there um favorite part that kind of transitions as barbie goes to the real world to figure out what is wrong with her and fix it one loved weird barbie as being kind of this like know all barbie who has been through it and seen it and knows things 10 out of 10 weird barbie is this movie's gandalf and i love it (laughs) yes but i loved how when she goes to the real world spoiler alert i mean it kind of happens a little bit before halfway through the film i would think so she thinks that the this little girl who's playing with her is sad and like what's happening with this little girl is what's impacting her and she like you know sees the memories of who she thinks is this little girl but in my favorite plot twist of the entire freaking movie it's not the little girl who's been playing with her and whose memory she sees it's the girl's mother 10 out of freaking 10 so good love it and I think it really emphasizes the point where, like, our moms were girls once, too, you know? Like, my mom had Barbies. Yeah, my, I mean, my mom had Barbies. When we were talking about it, she started talking about, like, how her and her sister were, like, anticipating a Barbie for Christmas. And when they saw a box under the tree, they literally got out a ruler to measure the box to see if it really could be the Barbie. And she still has that Barbie to this day like it's one of her childhood toys that she kept um and that i think is what this film really did like shine for for me it there was something so very special about going into a theater with a bunch of girls and just kind of sitting in girlhood for two hours and like you said i mean it draws on the fact like our mothers were girls once too Mm-hmm. and they like you know unpacking all of that i was i did not expect to sit down in that feel like theater and have feelings about my mother like that was yeah yeah i expected feminism and a message about womanhood but i didn't f- expect it to dive into motherhood the way it did to dive into that relationship between mother and daughter and that transition from girlhood to womanhood and how even when you are a woman, once upon a time, you were a girl. So, like, you, you get it. It's it's like this kind of... It seems so oversimplified to see, like, say, like, this shared thing that people, like, women just kind of get. But it kind of gets at that, that there is this, yeah. like, something that just is... I really but loved that-, that twist where, like, it's the mom who's struggling with things and... Yeah. It's the mom who turned back to Barbie and the way she goes through the rest of the film with her daughter at her side and they go through it together. Like, man, that got me good. That got me good. That hit hit different. Got me good. Oh, so good. Should we return to our plot summary though? Yeah. I mean, I kind of just went to straight. She's in the human world. She's in the human world. Um, Ken tags along. Ken tags along um nobody really cares about ken because he's ken um he's just ken so they go to the human world barbie realizes that the human world kind of sucks 
And she also finds out that it is not the little girl who is playing with her, but her mom. This is after some shenanigans at the Mattel headquarters where she gets sort of kidnapped because they want to, you know, get rid of their problem of humanoid boybri run- running around Los Angeles. Um, there's a fun little race scene, which is really entertaining. Will Ferrell's there and he's not annoying this time. Um, sorry, Will Ferrell, but uh, let's be honest. Sometimes he... Look, I've seen Elf too many times, okay? So that's so real. You're so valid for that. I cannot see that man hold up that Santa Claus bra anymore. I am scarred. I, I, I've been over-elfed. <laughs> so the reason we're like, she's the human world isn't what she thinks it is. The human world um, is bad. So what happened, the Barbies all in Barbie land are under the impression that they fixed the human world. Like they made it so that women can like, you know, can do whatever they want, feel amazing about themselves etc etc and to discover that the world is not like that is a huge culture shock for barbie yeah and she has a really emotional moment when she realizes the world isn't perfect and she sort of sits down on this bench and she's kind of just taking it all in and this woman sits down next to her uh, this older woman and she's barbie says to the older woman you're beautiful and the older woman says i know and it's just really cute and it turns out that it is not actually the real Barbara Handler. I got bamboozled by the internet. That would have been cute, but it's not actually her. Um, I know, but it's still a cute moment, you know? It is still a really cute moment. And I think what's also really interesting about that is when you're in Barbie land, you don't really ever see an old Barbie. Even though I'm sure they like try to come out with the grandparents line or whatever. They did. It failed. That's what Sugar Daddy's from. <laughs> yeah. So like it didn't really like there's not really older people in Barbie land. And it was so lovely. There's such a thing, particularly for women, mm-hmm. where aging is just the enemy. I mean, why do we have all these night creams and, you know, what are you putting on your face to stop wrinkles? And people will put these like plastic pieces on their face to stop them from like moving their forehead to cause wrinkles and people get Botox and yada 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 all in the effort of not looking old because just to be old and to be a woman is the worst Mm -hmm. and so Barbie who has never seen really an old person stumbling upon this older woman and just looking at her and saying, you know, you're beautiful. And then just that woman being like, I know, like, yes, queen, she's solid in herself now. But like, just, I think there's something really interesting and powerful about that. Where I love that. I love that. Apparently Mattel originally wanted to cut it, which like, poop, but I'm glad they kept it because it was a really cute moment. We really, as a society, we, demonize aging in women which is so stupid the other day on tiktok i saw a 14 year old doing her anti-aging routine for my girl you need to age you haven't hit puberty yet basically like yeah like (laughs) what like what i saw this okay i get it apply sunscreen so that like you know the sun doesn't cause like crazy deterioration to your skin and or skin cancer but if you're like putting on 30,000 lotion. I'm like, not all the lotion in the world ain't going to stop that, baby. Like, God willing, you age because the alternative is not, ain't good. I saw this thing the other day where it was like, for men, there are two standards of beauty there's the boy and the man, but for women, there's only the girl. I mean, there's a lot to be said there. There's a lot to be said there. And I don't even know if like men clock that, that the beauty standard for women is to make them more childlike. So I, I I did I yeah I loved the aging thing. It was it was good. I loved it. All right. So I guess we should probably dive into the differences between Barbie Land and the real world that have Barbie crying so badly. <laughs> um. They arrive first things first, and immediately. Well, we should cover what Barbie Land is like first. Okay. Yeah. I mean. So, in Barbie land, the Barbies are in control. They run everything. They are president and noble 
prize winners and astronauts and doctors and teachers and lawyers and custodians and garbage disposal people. They are everything. And the Kens are just there. Um, the the Kens aren't being like mistreated or anything. They just kind of have no power and they're hanging out and they they're literally eye candy. Like that, like that's that sounds so silly to say, but you know how like when there's a lot of times in films, there's like that woman who's just like hot and then doesn't really add anything to the plot. The Kens are sexy lamps. They are sexy lamps. That is what they're there for. Um and yeah. Ken's job is beach. Barbie is stereotypical Barbie because she is the Barbie you think about when you think of Barbie. And then there's all these awesome, really cool other Barbies who are president and Nobel Prize winners and all of that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And so Barbie goes to the real world, followed by Ken. Immediately, she clocks that something is wrong. Immediately. Um, she is self-conscious for the first time because people are staring at her and Ken and looking at him like he's great and her like she's a piece of meat. Um, she's Yeah, like there's out. this bit where she's like, people are staring at me and he's like, no, like this is fine. This feels great. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, there's like an undertone of violence. Yeah. Like, this is not a, like this is not you know, what cool outfits staring or something like that. Like, she's like, there's an undertone of violence. And somebody, like, slaps her on the butt and she punches him in the face, which, like, good for you, Barbie, but, like, still. That's what the arrested photos are from. And they approach a construction, some construction workers. Um, And in Barbie land, the construction workers would all be, you know, females, and it'd be great. So Barbie's like, this will be great. We'll find some great feminine energy. Uh, and then they get there and it's a bunch of dudes who make weird sexual jokes. Um, Barbie sets them straight, though. She looks them right in the yeah. eyes. <laughs> She's like, I don't have any genitalia. Because the Barbies don't. And Ken, like, when they like make weird comments or whatever, like Ken still wants to be perceived in the way that he's like kind of being perceived in the real world so he's like i have all the genitalia trying to be like actually i do have this thing that you seem so interested in so yeah the real world is not nice to women and is kind of violent and poopy and barbie who is so used to women just kind of doing what they want being powerful and successful and anything they want to be is just so thrown by like because it's not even like i mean of course there's that moment where someone like smacks her ass and where they like make comments about her or whatever but it's not like for me it's like literally also just the staring thing and how she says that there's an undertone of violence to the staring it's not exactly what people are maybe even like doing to her it's just how they perceive her yeah she's no longer like you know the fun person having parties at her house for all the barbies or like you know the person who just like you know is going to the beach and it's just it's such a fun person to be around no they like they look at her and they perceive her in a way that like is dehumanizing in a way that is like critical and scathing and so just like it's just that is like you don't even have to have violence done against you. It is literally all just the way that, like, even such a beautiful woman as, like, Margot Robbie or Barbie is just mentally torn apart by people. Yeah. Like, in Barbie land, her outfits are fun, but in the human world, her outfits are sexy. And that's a big difference. Yeah. In, in the way that yeah. they're perceived. they I, I think they're, they're fun, but... um. They are perceived by the general populace differently, and she is perceived differently. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And and I think it speaks also to kind of what it feels like to be a woman, you know? I think we've all had that moment in our life when we realize that people are looking at us in a judgmental sort of way. Yeah. No, yeah. Like, there's there's something about being perceived as a woman even if like you know if you just happen to look really feminine and you aren't a woman like there is something about being perceived 
as a woman that is just different than any other perception. Yeah. I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So she goes to the school to try to find the kid. Mm -hmm. And she does. She finds the kid, but she is not uh, met with with the reaction that she was expecting. Mm -hmm. Sasha, which is the daughter of Gloria, played by American Ferrara, um, who turns out to be the one who's actually playing with Barbie, is (laughs) anti-Barbie. She's that, like, kid who sits in the classroom and just has, like, is incredibly brilliant and then will just absolutely tear apart what she believes is bs yes yes and like you go girl but also like damn you kind of root a little bit that's a little that's a little harsh um she basically tears barbie apart and she's like you represent everything wrong with how women are perceived today blah 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 and all of this stuff and i think she calls barbie a fascist at some point yeah um and barbie runs off crying yeah I mean, that has got to be hard. Like, we, I mean, it's like, it's like when you're like having your illusions shattered, like you spend so long thinking one thing, like they spent so long in Barbie land thinking that they had perfected the human world and like that they were loved by women. And so to be confronted with the reality of no, you're actually this really complicated idea that some people love, some people hate and there's all shades in between oh yeah and to have that like thrown at your face and just suddenly shattering your worldview and not even just like a worldview about something like it's not someone like who's like a flat earther suddenly realizing the world is a sphere like it's a worldview about yourself like it's a self-perception that someone else shatters for you yeah, it's it's so personal. It is so personal, and that that's cutthroat. That is cut freaking throat. Oh my! I mean, man. I mean, I feel like we've all been there before. Like, there is not. I don't think there has to be a person on this world who hasn't had, you know, that instance of oh my god, this person doesn't see me the way I see me, and that is like earth shattering to them. That. Yeah. Ooh, no wonder she runs off crying dude somebody like roasted me the way sasha did and called me a fascist and then just went back to eating their school lunch i run off crying too like what, what oh my god you get the sickest burn ever and go back to your pizza rolls like how literally anyway after that barbie gets picked up by mattel ken's just running around ken is covered learning about horses and the patriarchy what patriarchy is and he's convinced it's men and horses who rule the world and mattel is not the best they don't really go into any sort of consumerism type commentary which i think is definitely because this movie was made with mattel as a part of the creative process so they weren't they they weren't gonna yeah I mean, definitely also would have pushed it over two hours, for sure. Yes. I mean, they do definitely kind of make some jokes about how, like, yeah. you know, things selling is their, like, bottom line. They also point out throughout the film that the board of CEOs or whatever in charge of Barbie and the creation of Barbie is all men. Yeah. That, I think that was so poignant. Of just being, like, all these ideas about femininity are coming from a boardroom of men of men and they're like oh but like i love women and it's like mm, but why aren't there any at the table there at one point will ferrell says something like i know plenty of women my wife is a woman my daughter's a woman and i know jewish people and i'm like why <laughs> well why the jewish thing that's so literally so funny it was like the energy of like well i can say that i'm like my second cousin once removed who's also a, like a distant friend like like you know how like people come up with those like really far out weird relationships and they're like and that's why it's okay that i think this thing yeah and it's oh my god oh my god and so 
Barbie runs away from Mattel because she realizes this is not groovy. And she runs away. There's an awesome chase scene. And she winds up in a sort of liminal space where there's a 50s kitchen. And a woman is sewing Barbie clothes. And she has a conversation with what we will find out to be the ghost of Ruth Handler. She's like, they don't come around here. I'm like, okay. I was so confused. But then I was like, you know what? I'm rolling with it. I do not care. The logic here does not need to happen. Like, if this is how the story goes, this is how the story goes. The conversation that she has with Ruth, at some point, Ruth says, you look different than how I imagined you. And Barbie, like, apologizes. And she's like, well, I don't normally look like this, blah, blah, blah. But then Ruth is like, no, I think you look perfect. I think you're perfect the way you are. And that was really sweet. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, she runs out of the building and she gets picked up by um sasha and her mom Mm -hmm. and there's a car trace slash honda civic commercial dun 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 (laughs) look 45 million over the budget and they had to include a honda and you know what do what you must for this film (laughs) period period listen it's like the uh, it's like audis in the mcu okay sometimes you gotta make it happen for the back like you gotta make the back happen jeeps and jurassic park it's fine you know sometimes you gotta get that funding um and so like it's in this car that barbie discovers that it is in fact gloria the mother who's been playing with her and been thinking these thoughts about like you know depression barbie self-conscious barbie cellulite barbie like it is the mother who's been having these thoughts not the little girl Yes. So they decide to go back to Barbie land to try and fix things. And also Ken went back in the meantime, but we weren't paying attention to that. (laughs) So yeah, they head back to Barbie land. Barbie land. Oh, they're also still being chased by Mattel, but that really doesn't matter that much. Um, And when they get back to Barbie land, they realize things aren't the same. Ken has returned. Ken has returned and he has installed the patriarchy and horses to Barbie land. And now all of the women are dressed as maids and cheerleaders and serving the Ken's beers all the time. And it's weirdly Western themed. Because of the horses. Because of the horses. And the Ken's have taken over all of the dream houses and they're going to try and take over the Barbie land government. And they've made all the women subservient to them with their patriarchy. Um, and everything's horrible. And the the women the Barbies have been like almost like brainwashed. Like they aren't acting like themselves. They don't understand like what has changed and what's gone wrong. They don't remember really the past. Um, so it's like it was really identity stripping. Um, and then Ken, of course, you know, like when taking over the dream houses, he calls it his uh Mojo Dojo Casa House. His Mojo Dojo Casa House. Which like, why does it have to be so catchy? And when being when confronted with what has happened to Barbie Land, I mean, Barbie originally is so excited to show Gloria and Sasha what is different about Barbie Land, like what makes Barbie Land so cool and different. And when she returns and discovers that Ken has completely changed things and now it's more like the real world, she just essentially almost becomes catatonic. Like she goes to talk to Ken and get him to stop, but he doesn't, I mean, he doesn't care. Yeah. So she she basically becomes like catatonic. Yeah. And they go to Weird Barbie's house because Weird Barbie's house is the last place in Barbie land to have not been affected by the patriarchy because the Weird Weird Barbie and her weird buddies are immune to patriarchy because they live outside of the social constructs of Barbie land. And this includes growing up Skipper and Tanner the dog and Magic Earring Ken and Sugar Daddy Ken and Slay. Weird Barbie herself. And it's a Slay. Um, and it is here that Gloria has her speech. About- it just accurate. Accurate. I think her speech really encapsulates the complexities of being a woman about the things you are supposed to be and the things you're supposed to not be all at the same time and also also i think sort of the complexities of being a woman are kind of reflected on barbie herself because she is simultaneously good and bad and just complex do you want to take it away from reading catherine Sure thing. So Gloria is basically monologuing at Barbie 
to hit her with a little bit of a reality check in the way that will get her to take action. So this is what she says. It is literally impossible to be a woman. You are so beautiful and so smart. And it kills me that you don't think you're good enough. Like, we have to always be extraordinary. But somehow, we're always doing it wrong. You have to be thin, but not too thin. And you can never say you want to be thin. You have to say you want to be healthy, but you also have to be thin. You have to have money, but you can't ask for money because that's crass. You have to be a boss, but you can't be mean. You have to lead, but you can't squash other people's ideas. You're supposed to love being a mother, but don't talk about your kids all the damn time. You have to be a career woman, but also always be looking out for other people. You have to answer for men's bad behavior, which is insane. But if you point out, you're accused of complaining. You're supposed to stay pretty for men, but not so pretty that you tempt them too much or that you threaten other women because you're supposed to be a part of the sisterhood. But always stand out and always be grateful. But never forget that the system is rigged. So find a way to acknowledge that, but also always be grateful. You have to never get old, never be rude, never show off, never be selfish, never fall down, never fail, never show fear, never get out of line. It's too hard. It's too contradictory. And nobody gives you a medal or says thank you. And it turns out, in fact, that not only are you doing everything wrong, but also everything is your fault. I'm just so tired of watching myself and every single other woman tie herself into knots so that people will like us. And if, if all of that is also true for a doll just representing women, then I don't even know. So accurate. I think every single woman who's watching this movie is hearing those words and just being struck by the accuracy. I think what's so beautiful is it kind of does this thing where it's like, it's specific, but in a way that's not. It's specific enough to be true but unspecific enough to where there is a kernel there that I think women will get at. We'll, we'll like, we'll know, we'll understand, we'll see themselves in. Barbie, Gloria, and Sasha, after Gloria's amazing speech, team up with the weird Barbies in a mission. First, they realize that President Barbie, who is there and was trying to be snapped out of it by the weird Barbies, she has actually been snapped out of it by the sheer power of Gloria's speech. So the weird Barbies, Gloria, Sasha, and Barbie, get together and decide that they are going to unhypnotize all of the Barbies to revert them back to their former selves and then destabilize the Ken's organization and make them destroy themselves. And they do that. And it's amazing. It's so funny. It's so funny. At one point, they're like... I don't know how to use Photoshop. How do I? Can you explain the Godfather to me? Oh, God. <laughs> that one took me out. Hilarious. Oh, my or God. The, like, listen to him serenade you the same song for two hours. It was four hours. Look, having a guitar played at you by a boy, it was too accurate. Has that ever happened to you? Because it's happened to me. It was my Christmas present and it was Wonderwall. It was a saxophone you know how we were talking about how like barbie kind of like hit this overarching themes of femininity yeah and there are like i think good things and bad things that you can say about femininity this this what they had all of like the fact that so many people at theater were like oh my god like they really hit on some like they at the boys a little bit there they were like "Mm -hmm. yeah you're not original like that was so funny the reactions of the people in the theater was what made that so funny it was hilarious apparently they tried to actually get the rights to wonderwall and they couldn't so they used push by matchbox 20 yes that is a real song i i can't even the accuracy pains me and then they make all of the kens jealous by like pretending to be into different kens and then the kens separate into two ken groups and they're gonna have a fight on the beach and that is where we get an insane fight off between the two Ken factions and the musical masterpiece that is I'm Just Ken. It is a masterpiece. It's so funny. So funny. When will she see the man behind the tan? I'm Just Ken. Whoever wrote that, a raise. Apparently, it was just a joke at first, but then Ryan Gosling sang the joke and they sent it to Greta Gerwig and she was like, put it in the movie (laughs) and it's so hilarious i laughed i love how they have a random dance off in the middle that's like vaguely grease themed just so good 
Yes. At, yes. When he sings, um, anywhere else I'd be a 10, he counts on his fingers to get to 10. Anyway, the Barbies take over Barbie land again and reinstate the Barbie government. And the Kens are like, oh, no, we messed up. We have to go back to just being Kens. Um, the way I audibly gasped when they said Depression Barbie watched Pride and Prejudice. That was... Depression Gabby watches Pride and Prejudice. That hit. I was like, that was aggressive. I was like, I, it was like when they were adding the men with the Wonderwall guitar and like the Godfather. Yes. They, they, they were like, we see you. We see you. See you. You watch Pride and Prejudice. And it was accurate. It, that was that was that was a hard roast. I felt a little toasty after that one. We were all roasted. Um, but what's so interesting about like you know when the Barbies take back over Barbie Land, Barbie still has to comfort Ken. Barbie still has to comfort Ken. Never once does he apologize. She apologizes to him, and like I think there is something to be said on one hand about how like patriarchy impo- impacts all people not just women to where like he saw his role in a very like black and white way Mm -hmm. and didn't value himself other than what he thought he ought to be but also at the same time like yeah he didn't apologize to her and she had to comfort him even though he like basically like was brainwashing her friends wanted her to be just like his little side thing or whatever even though he claimed to love her yeah and you know expected love from her and all of this and so she still has to like comfort him after all of like he what he did look gloria said it she said we have to take credit for the bad things men have done which makes no sense and here's barbie having to comfort ken for the bad thing he's done and sort of almost take the blame and being like, yeah, I didn't treat you well enough. And I'm like, yeah, but that doesn't mean you can go make patriarchy. Like, you know? Literally. Literally. That, uh, yeah, that was, it was really, that was really interesting. And it, there's just, and, and it still like really hits me that like what was so bad in Barbie land that like the Kens caused all of this whole mess or whatever was that they weren't really like acknowledged but on the other hand, in the real world, it's not that women aren't acknowledged. It's that on top of all of that, there's, you know, yeah, violence against women and all, I mean, all of that, everything that existed, you know, like, just like look at the news or whatever. But Barbie comforts Ken. He realizes that he is Ken enough. He gets a very marketable sweatshirt, which Mattel didn't realize was marketable, and now they're on back order until um, the end of September, which is hilarious because they didn't think anyone would want that, and then everyone wanted that, so they rushed it into production, and you can pre-order it, but you won't get it until October, so. So funny. So funny. Honestly, a great sweatshirt. So funny. Um, And then the Mattel people show back up. But instead of having things go back to how they were, President Barbie decrees that the Kens will get to have one representative on a lower branch of government. And there was a joke about how someday the Kens will have just as much influence in Barbie land as women have in the real world. Ah, man. Gloria, Sasha's mom, you know, markets to her boss. Like, what if we had just, like, a regular old, like, woman barbie just like a barbie with cellulite who's you know tired and just wants to like go home at the end of the day or something you know kind of just markets like that and he's like oh that's a shit idea and then this guy behind him goes oh but it would sell really well and he's like that's an amazing idea after all of this is happening they're like you know they've cleared up barbie land they're gonna you know make things sort of back how it was but a bit better with now an understanding of how the real world operates and how the Kens felt and all that. Uh, when who of all people shows up? But the ghost of Roof Handler. And you know what? I love it. Okay. They also acknowledge her tax evasion, which I thought was hilarious. I did a so book funny. report on her in the fifth grade. You should have seen the look on my poor fifth grade teacher's face when I had to talk about how she helped develop um, 
breast implants for um, people with breast cancer and how she had a double mastectomy and how she also invented Barbie and evaded taxes a lot um, and spent some time in prison. Um, I had a I had a man as a fifth grade teacher and he was not comfy with my discussion of the developments that she brought to breast cancer. So, um, because she did actually, she helped develop implants for people after mastectomies, which are like good for her. She herself is a very complex and interesting individual, and it was hilarious that they brought up the tax evasion. Yeah, that was funny. And then I also love how, upon like seeing everything that has happened and like getting to know, um, I keep wanting to say America, not Gloria, uh, Gloria and Sasha, Barbie asks her to be human yeah because barbie has she's learned too much and she can't go back to the way things were before she like while there was bad things in the real world there was also lots of good things yeah and she liked the idea of change and there wasn't a lot of change happening in yeah um barbie land and so ruth wants her to ask her if she was sure and shows her a bunch of memories and her things that encapsulate the human experience and barbie says yes yeah and she becomes human and then she goes to the gynecologist and it's hilarious because everyone thought she was going to her new high-powered job but no she's going to the gynecologist and you know what i think it says something about how sometimes you can just be you know yeah sometimes you can just be yeah yeah it was it kind of like was poking back fun of the thing about the beginning with the construction workers or whatever and like what Barbie's response to that was. And and it didn't feel like a, you know, everything is all better now because Barbie's in the workforce. No, it's just she's going to go do some woman shit. Like, it's going to go be a woman. And that means going to the gynecologist and wearing pink Birkenstocks. Yeah, it 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 definitely. Like, I think it was like it came across as a joke, but like after you sit with it for a bit, like I don't see like anything else to end that movie would have seemed fake. Fake. Yeah, it was a good end. I think it was a good ending. I think it was a funny ending. Yeah, uh, yeah. So, final thoughts. I loved it. So did I. I will be buying the DVD when it comes out because now I have a DVD player. So I'm not buying physical copies of my favorites because, yeah. Um, and probably the record because bangers all the way. It was fun. It was thought provoking. It was good. And Barbie. and Barbie. It was feminist. It was hilarious. It was pink. All right. So this has been your Bibble Babes discussing, of course, the good, the bad, and the Barbie movie. So join us next time as we discuss... The Barbie Diaries, potentially the worst film ever made. Be sure to check out our Instagram account at the Bibble Babes for the latest on all things Bibble Babes. Our Instagram is the place to learn about special episode announcements, suggest content, or your very own hot takes to the Bibble Babes and interact with all things Barbie. We post a new episode almost every other Friday. And if you're new here, be sure to like and subscribe. And as always, spread kindness like glitter. <laughs>